how Adam Wainwright getting his 200th win will affect the team moving forward this season, plus a look at the continuous logjam in the outfield, all on today's episode of Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffern, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou and a lifetime Cardinals fan. And I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter, X, J.D. Sports Radio. That's where I'm at. Follow the podcast, Jello underscore Cardinals. Want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. If you're looking for a a visual version of this show. You can find that on YouTube. Make sure if you're stopping by, like, subscribe, comment. We always have great conversation there. Hit the notification button so you know when new episodes are posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Today's episode being brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case. Providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics and treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. So last night we expected, at least I expected, <laughs> a bit of a, a regression from the Cardinals after what was a very emotional night on Monday with Adam Wainwright winning his 200th game. And um, after something that significant happened, something that impactful and important goes down, the next day you're inevitably going to be drained not only physically but emotionally and mentally it just happens um i was a bit slow yesterday and my wife actually pointed it out when uh, she got back home from work she she walks into the kitchen she's like what's up with you today like is everything okay and i had to explain to her what what how i was feeling emotionally because um you know monday's win uh, as amazing and as great as it was, also kind of signified the end of the season for the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, the reason I say that is because Adam Wainwright getting to that 200-win plateau was one of the only things left for this team to accomplish this season. It was one of the few things we still had to look forward to for the rest of this season. If there was a, a driving force to keep these guys going out there and playing at, you know, a 100%, 110% level, um, it was the games that Adam was pitching in because we wanted to get him the 200th win. Not exactly the same, but kind of similar to how things were last year with Albert going for his 700 home runs. You know, there was just that, that buzz in the air an excitement that just doesn't occur when Albert wasn't in the lineup or when Wayno isn't pitching or wasn't pitching this year. And then when Albert reached his goal in Los Angeles, everything kind of simmered down a little bit. And I anticipate that will be the same for this team now that Wayno has reached 200 wins. The energy level, I, I just don't see how you can get it up to the level that we had on Monday night where it, you know, you had the playoff-like atmosphere. You had the guys, you know, doing anything and everything they could to get that win. 
They don't need to scratch and claw for wins anymore like that. Of course, last year, the team was heading to the playoffs, and we were all dreaming of that perfect ending with, with Yachty and Albert and, and even Wayno at the time walking away as champions, and that didn't happen. But this year, there's really not much else to look forward to. I mean, think about it. The Cardinals are 67 and 84. The season is toast. You got dudes dropping like flies with season-ending injuries. Had another one last night, an unfortunate one with Alec Burleson breaking his thumb, stealing third base out of all things. <laughs> like, what a weird way for Alec Burleson to get hurt. Like, he's not supposed to be stealing third base, but he does. He was successful, slid head first, broke his thumb. He's done for the year. And sure, there's like the motivation of pride, the money you're getting paid to go out there on the on the diamond, the fact that you're getting to play baseball for another week or so. You've got young guys like Walker, Wynn, Palacios, Baker, Rom, tonight's starter, Zach Thompson, who are all still going to compete very, very hard because they're they're young and they're still trying to earn spots for next season and for guys like Walker and Wynn who will most certainly be starters next year. They're trying to end the season on a high note, take everything that they've learned from when they got called up to, to being on the team and making it count for the final couple of weeks of the season, a couple of games. Um, but for guys like Arenado, you know, the veterans, Arenado, Goldie, Edmund, Contreras, Newt Barr, now that we've reached the goal of 200 wins for Wayno what's left to play for this year? Like, what is the purpose of pushing them out onto the field every single day? I know, again, I know they're getting paid. I understand that. That's their job. You're supposed to go do it. That's what the money's for. I understand that. But there's playing spoiler against the, the, the teams that are left on your schedule who have playoff hopes. Perhaps that's a motivation to an extent. Although, uh, I remember hearing on a recent, during a recent broadcast of the game where Jimmy Edmonds was talking about, they were like, is playing spoiler something that guys, you know, really think about in the clubhouse? And according to Jimmy, he was like, no, nah, not really. You know, you just want to go out and compete and win, no matter who you're playing. But, um, but that's something, I guess. Um, you've got the Brewers for five more, including today. Then the Padres, who are all but out of it. And then the Reds on the final weekend at Bush Stadium. The Brewers games, they are, they are likely, you know, in the playoffs no matter what. They're getting ready to clinch the division. So maybe those last games against the Reds will be important. I know Sam over at Locked on Cubs uh, hit me up the other day, asked me if the Cardinals were likely to put out a full lineup that last weekend. If, you know, Chicago and Cincinnati are still competing for a final wild card spot. And I told him, honestly, I would assume they would. I would assume they would. It just doesn't seem like it's in their nature, like guys like Goldie and Arenado, to, to sit and not compete and play. You know, they haven't taken many days off this month in the first place, so I'm not sure why they would do that to, to finish out the season. Like, it just doesn't seem like it's something that they would want to do. Like, if Ollie was like, let's just sit you in the last couple of days, I don't feel like that would sit well with Nolan or Goldie. Um, I think those are guys who will go out and play. But at the same time, the Wainwright milestone has in many ways signified the, the last exciting moment for this year. And now it's just about getting it over with, really, and moving on to the offseason where, you know, fingers crossed, hopefully 
uh, things will get exciting again for the Cardinals as they try to rebuild this team and rebuild this roster to compete in 2024. That's what I've been looking forward to since like August. Since the trade deadline went down and you saw the prospects that came back, now I'm like, all right, let's move on to 2024 because I want to see what they're going to do to fix everything that went wrong this year. And a lot went wrong. One of the things that they're going to need to do and figure out for sure is what is going to happen with this never-ending logjam in the outfield. You've got a bunch of guys who are pretty good, and you can't play them all. What do you do? Let's talk about it next on Locked on Cardinals. The MLB playoffs are around the corner, which means the clock is ticking on your chance to 100 times your cash on daily fantasy baseball. Baseball has never been more exciting than it is now with, I mean, look what Ronald Acuna Jr. is doing. Are you kidding me? This guy's about to hit 40 home runs and 70 70 stolen bases. Remember when 40-40 was like the unheard of thing? This guy's about to crush that. He's about to crush that. Mookie Betts, obviously a stud. Those are your top two uh, NL MVP runners right now. Um, and let's not forget about what, what's going on with other teams like the Marlins right now. Jake Berger, Luis Arise, uh, Jazz Chisholm making a push in the NL wild card. And then all three of those guys are just tearing it up. You can take advantage of how well they're playing right now and win. And although they're probably not going to make the playoffs, look what Juan Soto and Blake Snell are doing for the Padres. They still got to face the Cardinals this year. Uh, pick more or less on stats for these stars like home runs, hits, strikeouts, and more for up to 100 times payout on Sleeper. Get your picks right, and you can win big. You know, you got the Cardinals and the Brewers tonight. Um, Adrian Hauser is going to be on the mound for the Brewers. And you go and you find out who is uh, who is hitting well for the Cardinals against him. The answer is Paul Goldschmidt over his career at 286. Three dingers, 11 RBIs, and 28 at-bats. Take advantage of that. Maybe Goldie is a sneaky pick for tonight. Use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Check out Sleeper today. The Cardinals and the Brewers clash again tonight, game three of this four-game set. You can catch every pitch of the Cardinals hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Cardinals. Again, thank you for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. Comments, leave them on YouTube, leave them on Twitter. Your feedback, always welcome and encouraged, and I'm definitely going to want it uh, about this next topic because it's time to talk about the Cardinals outfield situation again. I feel like I'm repeating myself, but it's something that's got to be discussed. The Cardinals had a long jam of outfielders coming into 2023. If you remember, we were wondering what the heck they were going to do with all these guys who have a lot of talent. Tyler O'Neill, Dylan Carlson, Lars Newbar. Those were your main three starters coming into the season. You had Jordan Walker coming in hot during spring training. Alec Burleson, Juan Yepes. Those were the backups and the DH guys. Plus, we even talked about Moises Gomez. After his huge 39 home run year in the minors, was he somebody that was uh, maybe going to knock on the door of the major leagues? Never really happened this year. Had a tough spring training. And we wondered with all of these guys, what are the Cardinals going to do with them all? Like, how do you how do you play them all? You can't, right? You got to trade somebody. That was the answer. Use them to help out spots that needed the attention, <clears throat> namely the pitching staff. And what happened? Nothing. 
They didn't make any moves. They held a competition for the starting center field job instead, which caught everybody off guard, which I guess Tyler O'Neill won. Well, whatever really happened to that? He played a few games out there, and then he went back to left field. Uh, they put Walker on the opening day roster. They made Carlson basically a fourth outfielder. Yep, has spent almost the whole season at AAA. Moises Gomez, as I mentioned, never came up at all. He's been at Memphis all year. Uh, and injuries ended up ravaging the outfield. Like, right away, Lars Newbar gets hurt. First game, gone. Tyler O'Neill lasts a little bit, then the back. Then he's gone for months. Carlson, tons of injuries this year. Had the ankle, which he just had surgery for. Had the oblique injury later on. He's always got something happening. Doesn't it seem like that way? And all of those injuries to those three guys forces Tommy Edmond, Brendan Donovan to take more reps in the outfield. And both of them thrive. They did very, very well out there. Specifically Edmond, who stat-wise was your best center fielder this year. Never played there. Ended up being your best center fielder as far as like defensive stats-wise. And, and the metrics that he covered and how he did out there. Not, not something that we thought was going to happen, considering he just won the gold glove at second base two years ago, was just as good at shortstop and second last year, but ended up splitting it, so he wasn't going to win the gold glove at either one of them. Now he's your center fielder. Crazy, right? And what got me actually thinking about this last night was when Richie Palacios hits that home run. Last night, he hits the home run. That is actually a picture of Adam Wainwright. That's not Richie Palacios. I don't know why that's on the screen. Let's take that away. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, but Richie goes yard again last night. And you see the effort that he, he gives day in and day out when he's out in the outfield. We've seen him make a couple of fantastic catches. We've seen him miss a couple. Last night, he had one where he made a great effort on a running catch. And he even tried to use two hands on the ball. And it still popped out of his glove and uh, ended up falling for a devil. But you love the effort. You love the youth, the enthusiasm, the speed. He's showing pop from the left side of the plate that I don't think any of us expected to see. So how do you not keep this guy around for a spot next year? You know, I'm not saying he's got to be a starter by any means, but I'm saying how do you not keep him on the roster? You got to at least put his name in the mix now. So, so that got me thinking about the outfield situation for next year. And I tweeted about this last night. Barring any trades, going into next year, here's what we got as far as outfielders. Tyler O'Neill again. <laughs> Dylan Carlson, again. Lars Newpar, Jordan Walker, Tommy Edmond, Brendan Donovan, Alec Burleson, and now Richie Palacios. All of them are set to return next year. So if your infield is Nolan Arenado and Mason Wynn on the left side, Goldie at first base, and then the trifecta of a, you know, a Nolan Gorman, Edmund Donovan type of thing at second base. You know, Edmund can also play shortstop because you got to have a backup shortstop. Somebody's got to be able to go in when Wynn can't play. Um, so he can do that when he's not playing in center field or at second base. Donovan can do both corner outfield positions if you need him to. Plus, he's the backup third baseman behind uh, uh, Arnado. He also plays second, obviously. He's been known to go over to first base if you need him in a pinch. Palacios does all three outfield spots and second base. Does the rise of Palacios this year from everything that he's done that has been really fun to watch, does that make someone like Donovan and Edmund more expendable now? You know, all three of them are kind of your Swiss Army guys. 
So who goes this offseason for pitching, which is the ultimate goal is to get as many good pitchers as you possibly can for the rotation and the bullpen. If you had to make a tough decision on trading either Edmund or Donovan, which one do you trade? These are the things that are going through my mind right now. Because say you can get the, because I know people will go, well, it depends on what you're getting in return. Say you get the same value in return for either one of them, okay? They're part of a package that can get you a number two starter. Not an ace, but a number two starter. Who would you rather move, Edmund or Donovan? This is just the fun way to, to have the discussion. You got to pick one. You got to pick one. Who are you trading? I think most of us are ready to move on from O'Neal and uh, Carlson. But what, honestly, can you get in return for two guys who, yeah, when healthy, have some decent skill sets, but can't stay on the field? In their 20s. We're not talking about older dudes here. We're talking about, you know, Carlson's in his middle 20s. O'Neal a little bit older. I think 28 now for Tyler O'Neal. Would you trade Lars Newbar if the return was good enough? I mean, you've got Victor Scott, who's just doing crazy and wonderful things this year in the minor leagues. You've got Thomas Ajaci, who just crushed it at AA this year. He's up on Memphis now. What could you get? Like, it, get, it gets me thinking. What could you get for a new bar Donovan package? What kind of pitcher or pitchers could you get in return? Would you be willing to move a package like that? These are the things I'm thinking about. I'm not saying this is what they have to do. Don't yell at me about that. I'm just, for fun, for just discussion. Would you do, pull, pull off something like that? New bar Donovan for a number two starting pitcher. Would you be in on that? I want to hear from you. Comments below. That way we can talk about it in tomorrow's episode. But these are some of the decisions that will have to be made this offseason. They're not going to be easy ones because we like all of these guys in certain ways. Okay. We keep thinking Tyler O'Neill might stay healthy one day and pull off another 2021 season like he had where he got MVP votes. Dylan Carlson, all the talent in the world, switch hitter, good outfielder, bright future, right? Can't stay healthy. Some of these other guys, look how much better Donovan improved from year one to year two. Tommy Edmond, we know how great he is. We love these guys as people. We don't have any issues with them personality-wise. So that's one of the reasons why this offseason is going to be so interesting and intriguing for the Cardinals. I can't wait to get to it. I can't wait to see what decisions are made to help this team compete again in 2024. I'm excited about it. I really am because we don't have the playoffs to look forward to. There's nothing else to be excited about. Uh, speaking of moving forward this year, an update on the future of Adam Wainwright coming up next on Locked on Cardinals. Modern medical care and treatment are important, but our global supply chains are very fragile. They're very fragile. Things like the you know pandemics that we went through, which were awful. Natural disasters, they happen all the time. Constantly a problem. And, you know, foreign travel, just going to other countries, it can cut you off from the treatment that you need. And Jace Medical is your solution when situations like this arise. Uh, just fill out their online form. One of Jace Medical's board certified physicians will then review it and determine whether the medications that you're seeking are safe and appropriate. If everything goes through, if everything, uh, you know, 
checks off and everything's cool to go, Jace will send your prescription to one of their partner pharmacies where your order will get filled and then mailed directly to your home. You don't even have to leave your house, the comforts of your own home. You don't have to go anywhere. They're going to come to you with uh, with the order that, that you've made. And then you can also send your physician a message for answers to treatment-related questions anytime you want. Because doesn't it seem like anytime you have a question about anything medical, it's at like nighttime, right? It's at like seven or eight o'clock at night. You can't call your normal doctor at that point, but you can still talk to the Jace people. They got you hooked up anytime with any related questions to uh, what your treatment is. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. And that's why Jace Medical offers something called the Jace case. If you haven't heard about it yet, you can save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional 20 bucks off by using my code Locked on at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Once again, save more than $360 with Jace Medical, plus an additional 20 by using my code. Locked on at checkout on jacemedical.com. The Cardinals are at home tonight to battle the Brewers, and you can catch every pitch of the Cardinals hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Cardinals. After getting his historic 200th win on Monday, what is the future for one Adam Wainwright as far as this season goes? Like, I don't know what he's going to do with the rest of his life. He wants to be a country music singer. At uh, some point, go into the, uh, the broadcast booth. He's done a, a pretty good job of that over the years when they've mic'd him up. So, uh, I think he's got a bright future there. But as far as the season goes, it's kind of up in the air of what's going to happen with him. It was announced that Wayno will only pitch at home again if he pitches at all this season. And I brought this up yesterday as well. Does Adam use win number 200 on Monday as his walk-off appearance as a pitcher for his career? Seven shutout innings against a first-place team to get win 200? Like, how do you how do you do better than that? How do you not just say, hey, I'm good. Leave on a good note, right? You know, we used to say that in batting practice. End on a good one. That's a pretty good one to end on if I'm Adam Wainwright. I mean, I, I don't know why you would need to take the mound again this year. Ali Marmel said, we're going to sit down. We've started that conversation, and we've decided that he will not take the start in San Diego. We'll walk through what it looks like to finish the season, but we've yet to make the decision on Wainwright pitching again. Monday night was pretty cool. If he takes another start, it will be in front of our home crowd. Now, if he doesn't pitch again, which I am fine with, I really am. I'm okay if Adam Wainwright doesn't pitch again. But one thing I do want to see him do, and I brought it up before, I brought it, it was way early in the season too when I brought this up, was I want to see Adam Wainwright taking it back. I want to see him hit one more time. We know he loved hitting over the years. He loved it, and he was pretty good at it. When they made it the universal DH, they took that away from him. So no more hitting for Adam Wainwright. Can we can we get him another at-bat? You know, in that final homestand against Cincinnati, can he at least get one more at-bat? I'm not saying you got to DH the guy and he has to hit the whole game, although that would be fun. But at least one more at-bat, right? In his career, 193 hitter, 10 home runs, 75 RBIs. I just think it would be a cool way to get uh, that final curtain call at the plate. He gets to stand out there instead of being out at the mound to do it and you have to walk off. 
just be at the plate and get to do it. Tip the cap to the fans, the home fans, who I hope show up in droves to say goodbye to Adam in that final weekend. I mean, he's giving you a free rock concert. You're getting a free guitar. Like, there's all kinds of stuff going on with that last weekend. But I just think it would be a cool way and a very fun Adam Wainwright type of way to say goodbye as a Major League Baseball player. Let me know your comments down uh, below. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. Be sure to catch a pitch of the Cardinals hometown broadcast for the final two games of this series against Milwaukee with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Cardinals tonight. You got Zach Thompson back on the hill against Adrian Hauser. First pitch, 645 St. Louis time. If you haven't already, please give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Help our channel and love for the Cardinals grow. You guys are the best fans in baseball for a reason. I'll see you next time on Locked on Cardinals.